0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of How to Skill a Business. I'm Darwin, your host for today's episode. And I am with Alan Zell, co founder and CTO of Warmly. Hey, I'm Alan. Have a good day. Thank you for being here in the show today. I really appreciate it a lot. And how are you?
1: Doing pretty good. It's amazing Friday, almost the weekend.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's my day of tomorrow. So yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so um Alan, can you please share some information about you and what you're doing?
1: Yeah, so I'm one of the co-founders of Warmly. I was the CTO for a brief period. I was also the head of sales and CS and now I'm the head of marketing.
0: Oh wow. And, yes. Yeah. And- amazing. So by yeah. the way, um, Alan, so yeah, this um um Recording will be just an interview only. So I prepare some question here for you about you, the company and the service to know you better and as well your business. So by the way, um, Ellen, first question, what is Warmly and what is the service it's offer?
1: Yeah, so Warmly is an account based orchestration platform. And it's basically where we convert qualified accounts visiting your website and we do it uh, autonomously. Oh. And um, yes.
0: I see you amazing and yeah I'm curious can you please tell us about the history and the background of your business
1: totally so we start off as uh three co-founders um mm-hmm. and two of them which we they they came from Google I came from a restaurant actually before this and prior to that I was at startups and in finance and uh, we met in this program called on deck on deck is like a founders fellowship where a bunch of founders come together and they try to jam on ideas. They meet up, they become co-founders and they start companies. And we were the second batch. This was in San Francisco in 2019, fall of. So batch number two, they call it on Deck Founders, ODF2. I met Max, our CEO, and we, uh, we met in a hackathon actually. So I was walking to get, grab some water. I came back to the to find my seat was taken and I went to a different table and Max pitched me on this idea of control life, which is kind of like that black mirror episode where you can control what happens next in the episode. And he pitched me and he said, this is going to be like justin.tv, but the viewer can vote on when the streamer does next. And so we hacked that and we built it in a day and next day we launched it. We posted on Reddit that you can control this person's life. That person was Max. Max walked around SF asking people out on dates, you know, doing whatever the viewers wanted. Of course, there was a, a proctor administrator who prompted the audience to see it, say, these are the options you can choose from. So to prevent him from eating his own shoe. <laughs> so he, he basically walked around SF, asked people all these random questions, freestyle wrapped, um, you know, it was just a really fun experience. And by the end of it, I think we had like 300 or 400 people voting from Reddit on what he was going to do next, like polling. So, from there, we decided to continue working together, and then came on Karina, uh, and we worked on this first product called Push Pull, which was uh, a more authentic version of LinkedIn, and it's based off this idea of of uh, asks and offers, and so there are pushes and pulls. Pushes were things that you were willing to give to the world. Polls were things that you were looking for. It was based off OnDeck's Ask and offers channel, and. Uh, we had a lot of fun building it. We ended up going through Techstars for it. They believed in us probably more than the product. But through Techstars, we pivoted into something called Track Advocates, which is tracking job changes in a CRM. Uh, we ended up raising off of that product. And the idea there is if anybody changes jobs, we would let uh, the sales team know automatically by seeking all the contact details and the new emails back in the CRM. So it was a pretty... Uh, it was a pretty useful product and we didn't know anything about b2b SaaS, but we made our first sale <laughs> off of a one call close uh thinking that it was it was fairly simple to sell this thing but it's just because the vision was uh a lot it, it was much easier to pitch the vision than it was to execute on it and so we raised our seed round it was just during covid went through yc as well and uh found out that zoom was building an app store mm-hmm. And so one of the apps that we're known for is our Zoom name tags. And we built this Zoom name tags app during COVID because we saw that 300 million daily active users were on Zoom. Zoom was building an app store. It could be the next Apple store. So we took a swing at something big. And we became one of the first Zoom apps, got the Zoom Innovation Award, got funded by Zoom as well. Uh, And we had been doing that for about a year uh, until we realized that uh, it's a very difficult economic climate. Zoom name tags, we have, you know, almost... 200,000 users on it. And right now, uh, and then we decided that it's a really fun tool to use, but it'd be difficult in this environment to to build a big business around it. And so um, we decided to move into something new, which is kind of like a warm leads platform. Uh, We're creating this new, we're not creating, but we're trying to push for this new category called account-based orchestration, which is an offshoot of account-based marketing but we automate a lot of the outreach because one of the pain points is you have intent signals, but if nobody acts on it, it may as well have not existed in the first place.
0: All right. So thank you so much, um, Alan, for sharing those information here in our show. So yeah, um, for the third question, um, yes, yeah, second question, rather. Um, can you walk us through to your overall business strategy?
1: Uh business strategy in which respect?
0: Um in your um, niche?
1: Uh, so in marketing, it's really interesting. I used to be in sales, uh, very briefly and sales, it's always a one-to-one sell and in marketing, it's a one-to-many. And so right now it's this interesting point in our business where we have, um, you know, we have a decent amount of customers at this point, we've been growing at 20, 30% month over month since starting to sell, uh, in the beginning of the year and we're in the game. And so it's become very, we can see who the competitors are, who all the players are. The classic story of David versus the Goliath, we're definitely the smaller guys. Um, and the trick here is to not be more competitive than our competitors, not to be mm-hmm. uh, better, but to be different. And so the way we're doing different is we are trying to carve out a separate niche for ourselves. So we can't necessarily, we don't want to go directly head to head against competitors. Uh, we want to more Find something where it's like, you can use them and you can use us. And here's why. And so this is what people call like category creation. Chris Lockheed's book talks about it in depth. And you'll hear it all, all the time in many different places. Uh, for us, we're trying to name our category. And I mentioned this before. It's There's account-based marketing, which marketers and salespeople understand pretty well, which is you're tra- trying to target the account. You're focusing the account in their, their stage of buyer journey whether it's awareness, consideration, decision or purchase. Um and to close that loop, you need to have sales and marketing aligned because marketing team will identify using some tools like 6sense, Bombora or Terminus or Demandbase which accounts are in market. But then the sales team needs to act on it. Mm-hmm. The main issue you come up against is speed, if you can act on that intent signal fast enough. Coverage, if you have full coverage on all the, all the signals that are that are lighting up consistency, in which case, if you have a large sales team, can they act on it in a consistent way? And personalization. Can you do all the research and time in that closing window where the intent signal is strongest? So those four things can actually be largely automated at this point. It's a combination of plugging into your CRM, into your engagement platforms, uh, and into your contact databases, all these systems that you already use, mm-hmm. make getting the most out of it, by layering automation on top, and then combining that with some generative AI to make sure you can personalize the message. So you get the right message out at the right time to the right person through the right channel.
0: Amazing. yeah,
1: that's that's what we're trying to do. And that's the category we're trying to create, account-based orchestration where the orchestration platform does it all for you.
0: Yeah, amazing. Thanks again, Alan. And now, can you please share any specific tactics or tools that have been, but they're yeah i'm so sorry but they're clearly um effective in growing your business
1: tactics or tools um as far as on the on the um let's see on the growth side of things mm-hmm. linkedin has been our top performing channel so Uh, at least in the early stages, it was to get our first batch of sales, we did a lot of LinkedIn outreach. And we actually did automated outreach on LinkedIn. And that became our primary channel in which we got 90% of our sales. If if we look at our, our closed one dashboards in HubSpot. And I think the reason is that we really leveraged the founder brand. So we have three founders and we can create these LinkedIn automation where we would reach out to uh, the ICP contacts. So you can create like a sales navigator query and you would put in all these parameters that says, I want this size company that's in this place. And I wanna find all the people with this title who last posted 30 days ago, who just changed jobs. And just keep on narrowing down the search. Um, And you take that search query and add it to a LinkedIn automation tool. And through that tool, it will automatically start adding people on your behalf. Um, and then it conclude an automated note, a message. And the note typically says something like this, which is, you know, hey, Saul, you're at this company and you're in this role. Uh, we'd love to get your eyes on this product that we're building out and we're shipping and launching. And truthfully, it was actually just to get feedback. But in the process of getting feedback, they themselves would find the product pretty interesting. And that would lead to a next call and it would lead to like maybe one or two more calls before it closes. At that time, we were going for smaller companies. <clears throat> and that process worked very well. Actually, we built up really great relationships with our first couple beta customers. Who till this day still use us and are our champions. Who become our testimonials for any kind of deals we're trying to close right now. Um, and building that base early on uh, in an automated way was, I think, what helped us get us to our first 50 customers in like just a matter of months, maybe one or two.
0: Yeah, thanks um for that one, Alan. And now let's talk about your company, which is Warmly. Um, the company name Warmly. <laughs> yeah, Warmly. Um, I'm so sorry. So by the way, could you please provide insight into the role of Warmly in helping companies achieve their pipeline goals?
1: Um Yeah, so I think there's these two concepts called demand creation and demand capture. And a lot of people focus on their resources on demand capture. Demand capture is focusing on uh, capturing companies that are in market for your tool. So they're they're your buyers and they're actually looking for the solution and they're trying to buy. And there's a statistic out there that at any given point in time, only 3% of your market is ever in market. But then the question is, what happens about the other 97% that are in market? What do you do about that? So traditionally, if you have salespeople, you only want to focus them on in-market accounts because they're ready to buy. And then you want to capture that antenna at its highest. Time for salespeople spent anywhere else is uh, probably not the best return on investment. But these days, things have shifted a lot. And buyers kind of hold all the power. Everything A lot of things have gone digital Mm post-pandemic. Now you have communities growing up where people can get answers to questions about which tools to buy in their favorite Slack channels. They can just reach out and say, have you seen this tool? What do you think about it? Which tools do you like? There's more credibility coming from your peers. And so there's another statistic that says 70% of the buying process or the research process is done by the time the person talks to a salesperson, your your prospect. So now the question is, what can you do for the other 97% who are in not the decision or purchase stage, but in the awareness or consideration stage, or even before that? And, and so at least what we've been doing that we found success is nurturing companies, getting them to know our brand. And then I'll explain the ways we do that. But it's all the things that you don't need to do when they're in market. You don't send emails that say, do you want to buy? Do you want to buy? Do you want to buy? It's typically more, here's some value. Here's some content posting in, uh, in communities to answer questions related to the space. Put your ideas out there about how you see the world posting on LinkedIn every day. Um, connecting with many people at conferences, uh, putting a face to a name, showing people what you do—it's more of the brand awareness type stuff that is extremely hard to quantify with modern-day marketing tools, but becomes increasingly important actually uh, as the whole landscape has changed.
0: Thanks um, again, Alan. And now, are there any um, specific industry or business that have been remarkable—um—remarkable um, remarkable success using Warmly platform?
1: Yeah, I think uh, we focus primarily on B2B SaaS. So mm-hmm. that is, we are hyper niche focused right there. We serve 50 to 300 person companies. And that tends to be our sweet spot that can receive the highest ROI. We have companies that have gener- generated $7 million in pipeline in just a matter of a couple months. Uh, we have companies that have received 1400% return on investment. Um, and so we have success stories all across the board, but our But our niche is B2B SaaS because that's where our data is the strongest. That's where the tool stack fits the best. And um, that's where companies want to have this kind of workflow and operation being run.
0: All right. Thanks. Um, Yeah, thanks for that one, Alan. And what types of analytics or reporting capabilities does Warmly offer to measure the effectiveness of its platform and closing deals?
1: Yes. Yeah, so we have influence pipeline and we have source pipeline. So source pipeline is any, any, uh, any pipeline that we discover and that we route to your sales team. And the influence pipeline is pipeline that already existed, but we would influence it in some way by potentially sending them an automated email. And then we decide if this is sourced pipeline, source revenue, uh based off the stage at which if they're if they become an SQL in your CRM or if they become closed one revenue in your system.
0: Mm. I see. So yeah um and now can you discuss any partnership or collaborations you've formed to help um grow your business um the business rather?
1: Yeah I think we um we have a couple of integration partners that we work very closely with. Mm-hmm. Uh and one of them is our uh, LinkedIn partner, Salesflow. So, Salesflow is the LinkedIn automation platform that allows you to do the, the, the winning strategy for us that I mentioned in the beginning, which was given a sales navigator search query for your contacts in your ICP, automatically putting them into sequence. So, day one, add them on connection requests, add a note. Day two, send them something else. Day three, day four, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so, that is integrated directly into Warmly so that when companies come to the site, we find the buying committee and we put those contacts into email and LinkedIn sequences. Um, This is a really great partnership because uh, we can speak very highly to the effectiveness of this strategy. So we would tell people, this is our strategy, this is LinkedIn, and we would push for them. And simultaneously, they also use us and they would tell their customers in the same way, we would co-market together, we would go to market together and you would get a higher ROI with sales flow if you use warmly. And so that way it becomes a very collaborative partnership. That's one example. Um, And we have a couple other examples with champions, people in our community, our customers are our champions as well. Uh, I would say that customer partnerships are not not necessarily a partnership, but testimonials have probably done some of the best. And some of the customers... um, we have a partnership program where if they refer us they get a percentage of the first year's revenue and that's, has been working out pretty well actually for some of our champions who know the product sometimes better than, um, yeah, they know the product very well. And so, uh, we have a couple of folks who've already forwarded in two or three deals that have closed them individually. And all it takes is a word to someone in the community. It could be at a dinner conversation. They bring it up and then they email me or someone on the sales team the next day and say, and I might have someone for you and forward them along, tell them a, little, a couple of things. And those deals, like any other referral, tends to close the fastest. I've had one one call closes where I got the intro, set up a meeting. That person was trying to set up a site, launch it, and they needed a way to track um, effectiveness of, of the website. And so that call closed within five hours.
0: Whoa. That's good, um, Alan. And yeah, um, actually, I didn't notice that we're now in the last question. So yeah, um, yeah. for the last question, this is really, um, yeah, this is too important actually because I'll need to include this to the podcast title. So, yeah, um, if anybody wants to connect or anyone thinking about working with you, where's the best place they can go or what is the best way to do that?
1: Yeah, I mean, you can check out our website at uh, warmly.ai. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Alan Zhao on LinkedIn. I'm uh, one of the co founders. Um, or you can reach out to anybody on the team, actually, uh, and they're um, on, via LinkedIn. So that's probably the best way.
0: All right. So thanks. Another pure liquid gold we have gathered today from our guests. So it's really our pleasure having you, Alan. Thank you so much again. And by the way, yeah. before we end this podcast, um, um, do you want to say something or do you want to thank someone?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, I you know, thank Jay Liano. Jay Liano, he works at uh Behavioral Signals. He was an early customer of ours, a big champion, and he's been a proponent of the product since day one. He was actually our first customer. Uh, and he is. Done tremendous work to guide us in product development. Uh he's done an amazing job, also being a warmly evangelist and champion, and he's just an overall an amazing guy. So if anybody has the opportunity to meet him, uh, I hope that you can say hi and get to know him and and he and uh, have him in your network as well.
0: Wow, thanks um for that one. So hi Jay. And yeah, guys, if you made it this far, thank you so much for sticking here with us. If you got any value for today's episode, we would love to get a rating or review where you get the podcast. If there's someone in met and growing their business or thinking about starting a business, send this episode to them and then take one thing that you learned today. Go out, implement it, execute, and let us know how it goes. We want to hear your wins. And above all, thanks for being here with us today. We really appreciate it a lot. And see you in the next one. Cheers.